Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex Beesman, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Monday, January 9th. And it is yours truly, uh, Ian Cameron, solo mission here on the Monday edition of the show, ready to break down four games tonight uh, in the NHL for a Monday. Uh, glad uh, everyone could make it with us following uh, another busy uh, weekend uh, of NHL action, including a very busy Sunday. We talked about this on uh, yesterday's show, that it was a very atypical Sunday slate in terms of the number of games, much more than usual, uh, and certainly no shortage of interesting results. It started with uh, a game where defense and goaltending was most definitely optional uh, between the Vancouver Canucks and the Winnipeg Jets, a 7-4 to victory uh, in favor of Winnipeg uh, in that game. It ended up being Colin Delia and David Riddick in net, and uh, Delia actually had a pretty good start in his last outing, but could not carry it over to yesterday, ends up getting pulled, and Spencer Martin finishes the game for the Canucks, but obviously tons of goals both ways. Game ends up flying over the total 7-4 win for the uh, Winnipeg Jets in that game. A hat-trick for Kyle Connor, who just continues to uh, produce uh, offensively at an absolutely blistering pace right now uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Nikolai Ehlers gets his first goal back from injury. I mean, this Jets team is, they are they are making, continuing to make people be try, believe in them, or at least try to make people believe in them. Uh, they have had a terrific first three months of the season. Now, first three months of the season doesn't make a season for one individual team. But nevertheless, to see the Winnipeg Jets right now, third in the Western Conference in points, only Vegas and Dallas have more points right now uh, than the Winnipeg Jets. They're second in the Central Division behind Dallas, just one point behind them as well. Uh, it's been a terrific, terrific season for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. No question about that. But again, it's January 9th. A lot can change. We've seen teams start strong and fade. And then we've seen teams that have started slowly and then have a strong finish to the season and rescue themselves. But nevertheless, there's no question uh, that Winnipeg has been really good at both ends of the ice. We know, always knew they had some offensive capability when you have a Shifley and you have Wheeler and you have Dubois and you have Connor, obviously. And you've got these young kids that are, I think are going to be good moving forward for them, like a Perfetti and a Baron. Uh, but I think defense is definitely uh what has been impressive about Winnipeg. They've improved so much their structure team and team defense. It's been very good to see, and it's made Connor Hellebuck's job a lot easier uh, in net as well uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So they win 7-4. Dallas, a, a side that I liked uh, yesterday, they get the job done 5-1. I ended up taking Dallas. I mentioned that on the show yesterday. Pretty cruising to victory 5-1. And uh, Florida, I mean, I didn't want to make too much of a big deal of Florida winning two in a row. Uh, because as I mentioned on the show yesterday, uh, this was a step up in class. I mean, you beat uh, Detroit and Arizona. Good for you, but come on. I mean, Dallas is obviously one of the better teams in the Western Conference right now, uh, and the uh, Stars ended up taking care of business there, a 5-1 victory over the uh, Florida Panthers. How about a one nothing victory for Washington? And Washington gets the win, but uh, the Washington and, and over five and a half, which I ended up betting in that game, didn't come close. We only had the one goal. To be honest with you, Washington was very fortuitous to win that game. I thought they were 
horrible. I thought they were not good at all in the hockey game. They got badly outchanced, badly outshot, badly outplayed. Uh, 38-19 ended up being the final shots on goal in favor of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. They got doubled in shots, and uh, it was a great game in net, sparkling. Maybe one of the best games in net out of Darcy Kemper this season for the uh, Washington Capitals, and he ended up with the uh, one uh, with the shutout uh, and the uh, 38 saves in the process. And, uh, of course, the uh, Capitals get the one goal early, courtesy of Eric Gustafson, who continues to be a player that I think remains someone you want to look at from a prop standpoint with the uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, he gets the only goal of the hockey game, and the Capitals get the one nothing shutout victory. Uh, we also saw Pittsburgh bounce back 4-1 to one against Arizona. Uh, credit to them. I mean, they needed a win desperately, and they played a good, solid road game. Fall, fell behind in the first period, but they got the two goals from Gensel in the second, and then they added to it in the third. They played a very good, tidy defensive game in the third period, protecting the lead, and they get themselves off the schneid and snap their losing streak against uh, Arizona 4-1 to one last night. So solid job there. Uh, again, I, I, no, no beefs for me losing with Arizona because I've, I've had great success with Arizona at home. And I said on yesterday's show, certainly uh, it's not the greatest of spots for the Coyotes. They're coming back home off a long road trip, and the uh, Penguins end up taking advantage of that and, and really dug down deep because they're like, hey, we got to stop the bleeding. This is about as uh, winnable a game as we're, we're going to have now to try to snap the losing streak, and they were able to do it last night against Arizona. One step forward, two steps back. It's been that kind of season for the Calgary Flames. And again, last night, a head-scratcher of a loss. 4-3 to Chicago. Uh, Daryl Sutter wasn't too thrilled uh, with that loss either, blaming the youngsters, saying they got to step up. Wasn't thrilled about Markstrom's game either. And that's that's unfortunate, too, for Markstrom, because I thought he played a terrific game the other night when they beat the Islanders at home. And then again, early goal allowed. That's been a problem all season in a lot of games for uh, Jacob Markstrom. Uh, and, of course, it pays uh, he pays the price for it last night, 4-3. Chicago gets the win. And, look, I said on, with Chicago, if you're going to trust this team offensively to snap out of, the, uh, out of their offensive doldrums, they put both Lucas Reichel, who's just recently called up, and Philip Kurashev on the top line last night. Now, part of that is Patrick Kane is obviously injured, was out, and didn't play, but... You know, very interesting that with uh, Reichel and Kurashev on the top line, guess what happened last night? Yeah, they both scored. They both found the back of the net. They're very good prop options, I think, moving forward in Chicago games. I actually like what I saw from both of them. Kurashev looked like he had new life, you know, uh, better, you know, more noticeable, if you will, last night than I've seen from him a lot this season. And then, of course, uh, Lucas Reichel was lighting it up in the American Hockey League uh, earlier this season before his recent call-up. He knew there was some offensive upside there with him, and he certainly made the most of it uh, in the victory last night for the uh, Blackhawks. So keep an eye on these two, uh, both uh, Kurashev and Reichel, both of them making an impact on the uh, top line for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks last night. They might be worth uh, looking at in terms of more uh, player props moving forward. They get a nice 4-3 win there. Uh, we saw, the um, as we continue along, 3 nothing shutout for the uh, St. Louis Blues uh, bad call for me with the best bet over on the uh, show, but Alex and I were both on the blues uh, as a big underdog. So that one got there big, great price too. Uh, plus plus one seventy five is what it was with the uh, St. Louis blues last night. And we said with Minnesota on the back to back Gustafson dealing with the stomach bug, 
they must not have thought much of Zane McIntyre because I'm, I was shocked with that Gustafson was going to was playing last night because stomach virus is not easy as a goaltender to have to play through that shit when you're when you when you're dealing with that. Uh, I was a little surprised Dean Evison went in that direction, giving uh, Philip Gustafson the start last night. And obviously, uh, St. Louis, uh, he didn't play terribly, but, you know, that's not easy to be. Uh, it's not easy to play hockey in any position, forward, defense, goaltending, any position with a stomach bug. When you're a goalie and you got to move, you know, laterally across the crease and, and, and be, you know, active, be you have to have energy to play that position. Uh, and certainly uh, St. Louis takes advantage, 3 nothing a shutout win. Really good performance from Thomas Grice, actually, one of his better ones. And we know it's been a rough couple of seasons for him with the uh, Red Wings last year and now with St. Louis this year. But uh, much one of his better outings and a 3 nothing shutout for the uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, the Boston Bruins, look, I know it's Anaheim. We know Anaheim's had a terrible season, but but still beating them 7-1. to and, and like I said on uh, Twitter after that game ended last night, um, What's impressive about that win for Boston is, you know, it's an 82-game season. You think you would think at some point you're going to have a, a shit game. You're going to lay an egg. You're going to have a clunker. You're just going to have a game where you're, you're, you don't show up. You, you, you don't play well. Things just aren't going well. You're making mistakes. The puck's not going in. All of those things combine to lead to an L uh, and a loss. And the Bruins somehow, you know, they just avoid these. You know, they've avoided these hiccups like, like you wouldn't believe. And that's what makes this three-game sweep of this California road trip for them very impressive. You know, right on the heels of the Winter Classic, where they could have gone out west and slept walked. It didn't happen. Where they lost Jake DeBrusque, one of their better forwards this season, to injury for a month in that Winter Classic. And all they did was just go out there and take care uh, of business. You know, beat L.A., came back again. Another comeback victory there in that game when they beat the Kings to start this road trip. Workmanlike effort to get through San Jose on Saturday night. And then on a back-to-back, end of this California swing, of all spots, maybe to mail it in and ha- not have your A game, not have your best, maybe fall uh, victim to it, would be last night. And Boston does anything but that as they pummel the Anaheim Ducks into submission 7-1 to one, uh, last night. Very impressive with that three-game California trip. Now, granted, two of those teams are junk. I get it. L.A. is the only good team of that trio, that trifecta uh, that they beat on that on that road swing. But what I was impressed with, you lose to Brusque. You're off the Winter Classic. Two of these three uh, teams are not very good. Maybe you go through the motions. But no, workmanlike, business-like efforts, strong at both ends of the ice. The goaltending good again from not only Allmark, but Swayman. Swayman was solid last night uh, in the victory against the Anaheim Ducks. No let up, no let down, no mercy for the opponent. Just, you know, as I said, the snowball of success rolling on downhill for this Boston Bruins team. Uh, It just continues to be extremely impressive from them, uh, what they've been doing all season long. And then with the last game, and I left it for the last uh, game to talk about because we do have a little clip from uh, one from the post-game press conference, but uh, Toronto with a, a five to two, a six to two rather victory against the Philadelphia Flyers. And Philadelphia didn't play terrible except for all the mistakes they made with the puck. I mean, they just turned it over. They broke down. They gave up odd man rushes. Their positioning was bad. Their defensive structure that's usually pretty solid uh, wasn't that uh, last night against Toronto and the Leafs with that skill and that ability that they have throughout their lineup took advantage of it in a six to two win. A loss for the Philadelphia Flyers that, as we're about to see here in a few seconds, did not uh, have uh, John Tortorella uh, very happy 
uh, in that game. Uh, and uh, just funny to see uh, always some of these reactions uh, from Torts. And uh, definitely last night when you look at it, uh, not a happy uh, head coach was he uh, to uh, see the way that game uh, unfolded uh, last night. So let's have a little sound here from the one and only John Tortorella. John, it seemed like after that initial push that they had, you guys played a good first period. Where did things go the wrong way for your team? Well, we self-destruct the shit out of ourselves. It, it, we just can't overcome some of the um, some of the things we give them for free. And I'm I not taking it. anything away from self-destruct the shit out of uh, ourselves. Yeah, but only Tort's going to give you a uh, quote like just, that. Just too many things for free. With the with the pony, um, you said this morning that Brad not only through self-destruction, but just we our positioning, just everything about our game defensively. Seemed like Mitchell Marner had a lot of space out there, and you thought that was correct. Yeah, we, we our, our structure defensively, uh, time and space sticks. Uh, they made a lot of plays through us. Uh, we weren't sharp. How big of a factor was it to get that many power plays and not really be able to get anything going on? Yeah, that hurts. Uh, it, it, I don't think it stifled our offense because I thought we had some good. Anyway, here's a quote from this. That's the, the, the hilarious part of this was this one reporter asking him a question. I honestly thought when I heard it for the first time now, it was very quiet. So he was talking in a soft tone of voice. So you couldn't hear him very well to begin with. That's number one. Number two, the second question or, or the question that he asked, it's like he was talking in another fucking language. I'm like, is that English you're saying, man? Like I, I couldn't I couldn't make sense of it. It was on a soft tone of voice. He was talking in a marble mouth type of speech that it was and, and he was using words and then the, the, just the logic of the question didn't make sense. And when you put all that together, you got this. Listen to this. How do you think the power play adjusts to changing personnel? Uh, somebody that's typically on the unit isn't there. What? How do you think they adjust when somebody that's typically on the unit is sad? I don't know how to answer your questions. I'm not trying to be rude, but you're qu I just can't get to your questions. Talk about speed. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's classic. Uh, that is absolutely classic. I couldn't understand what he was saying, honestly. Now, first of all, he was talking in a very, very soft-spoken tone of voice. So it was hard. It's like, can you turn up the volume a little bit, please? Holy shit. And the second thing was the question that he was asking, the words, it didn't make any damn sense. Like what he was trying to ask is just the response of just like, what? <laughs> He's trying to make sense of it too. It's like, what, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what was that? Oh my gosh. Um, it was a bad question. hundred percent. No doubt about that. But just the reaction from towards that, because it's the same reaction I had. It's the same reaction I had. It's like, what the hell did he just say? What the hell did he ask? I could barely hear it. It was like talking in, you know, uh, a volume level that you could barely hear it. And number two was the question didn't make any sense. It really did. Like it said something about the power play and the adjustments you make when one of the guys that's on it isn't on it. It was just weird. It was a weird, bizarre question. You could barely hear the guy ask it. And Torch just fires back with just a classic, what? <laughs> and I can't get to your questions. I know I'm not trying to be rude, but I can't get to your questions. <laughs> I just couldn't make any sense of it. Oh, man. Uh, absolutely amazing uh, right now, John Tortorella.
uh, in some of these post-game press conferences. That was one of his better ones uh, of the season last night after that game against Toronto. Uh, all right, with that in mind, let's break down some games, shall we? We have four tonight uh, in NHL action, and we will begin with the uh, Seattle Kraken uh, taking on the uh, – no, actually, you know what? I just remembered they, they've got the Flyers-Sabres game as a write-in game on the odds uh, screen. So, And that's actually the earliest uh, puck drop on the uh, card tonight. So we will start there. Uh, Philadelphia and Buffalo. The aforementioned John Tortorella, Philadelphia Flyers, back in action, uh, back-to-back games for them uh, as they take on the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we've got the, uh, the Sabres right here, uh, minus 240. Uh, home favorites in this game, six and a half being the uh, total uh, pretty much across the board in this one. Uh, Flyers on a back-to-back, but as you heard from the head coach just a moment ago, he was not thrilled with the team's breakdowns defensively, uh, the issues they had in terms of that part of their game, and you could see it against Toronto. And obviously, if you're going to have issues in the defensive zone, a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs is the prime team to make you pay for those mistakes. And, and certainly we saw that. It was not a great game from Carter Hart either, one of his giveaways uh, of the puck led to an offensive zone faceoff that directly led to one of the Toronto goals uh, in the game last night. Uh, so it was not the greatest performance by any stretch of the imagination for the Flyers. Back-to-back situation for them. They will be looking to uh, bounce back here. Um, look, I, I, I like the way Buffalo is playing, but I've seen enough out of the Sabres where we, we've seen this now a few times. Against the better teams, you usually get the best out of the Sabres. I mean, they beat Boston, they beat Washington, they beat Minnesota. That's all in the last week or so. You know, they have beaten three very quality hockey teams in the National Hockey League. The Capitals, the Bruins, and of course the Wild uh, on Saturday night in that thrilling overtime game. I mean, that was one of the better games I've seen this season and definitely one of the better overtimes that I have seen this season. It was a lot of fun, that Wild and Sabres game. Uh, and so this now looks like one of those spots where you're off the high of that Minnesota game, big win. It was the weekend, you know, the, the DeMar Hamlin stuff was kind of the overarching theme uh, as well uh, because of what was going on with him, with the uh, Buffalo Bills, the brother team in the city. Um, but now this feels like, you know, after a crazy win like that, Buffalo is not exactly a trustworthy team in this spot at minus 240. That's the way I feel about this game tonight. So do I like Philly enough to back them? No, because here's the issue with Philly. They're on a back-to-back, and they had their four-game win streak snapped by Toronto last night. But you could make a gr- really good case that the four wins they they had against uh, those teams were sisters of the poor. You know, nobody, not, not a quality win in sight. They beat San Jose, they beat Anaheim, and they beat Arizona. L.A. was the one good win, and I think they kind of caught the Kings in a little bit of a tricky spot there. So while they did win four in a row, you know, they haven't exactly played the absolutely terrific scintillating competition uh, by any stretch of the imagination. What I am going to definitely be looking at here is goals. I like over the total uh, in this game. It's been something we've been riding with great success with really both of the teams. I mean, I've been on a bunch of Buffalo games uh, over the total. You look at their last uh, three home games, 6 nothing. They've scored six against L.A. They scored six against Detroit. They scored six uh, against Minnesota. Uh, maybe a Sabre team total as well. If you, It's probably a better bet in this game than if you like Buffalo in the game. This is definitely one where don't 
bother with the money line, okay? At minus 240, even regulation line is not a great price by any stretch of the imagination. Go with the team total because, you know, I've seen instances too where Buffalo, whether at home or on the road, they get four goals and they lose the game. They've lost some 5-4 games before. It's not, you know, totally out of the, the realm of possibility that could happen tonight uh, here to the Sabres, that they could score four goals and still lose the game. You know, the, the team total has gone up to about minus 150 with over three and a half in some spots. But if you compare that to the money line price, you know, it's still a better option. Uh, regulation, by the way, in this game for the Sabres is uh, minus 140 or 50 as well. So, you know, you're not getting a terrible price. You could do, as uh, uh, Melissa says, and the, 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 this is the time of year now. You notice we're seeing bigger favorites and they're only going to get bigger. You know, what we're going to see with pricing of some favorites as we go along. I mean, once we get it beyond the all star break, especially when we get down the stretch, March and April, we're going to see a lot of minus 400 favorites. We're going to see some minus 500, minus 600 favorites. If you're going to even attempt to find value for, with these favorites, if you're going to back them, you've got to start looking at some of these combination bets, like a, a side and a total, like Washington and over five and a half, or, or in this game, Buffalo and over five and a half. You know, you're going to have to just to try to trim the price down a little bit or, or else you risk, you know, when you bet these big favorites, just, uh, you know, giving up, giving back too much of your bankroll if they lose or if they get upset. So uh, those are definitely things you're going to have to keep in mind moving forward when betting uh, NHL hockey. But I, I am on the over already. That's the bet I like the most is over six and a half here, uh, minus 120. Uh, Flyers have uh, trended over the total seven and one. Uh, in their last uh, eight, or sorry, eight and yeah, seven and two, I should say, to the over in their last nine games. Buffalo, uh, they've been trending over the total. Home games have been kind of trending over the total as well uh, for the Sabres. If you look at head to head with the Flyers and the Sabres, we have a seven and O oh run to the over in the last seven meetings between the Flyers and Sabres. The last uh, th four meetings in Buffalo were four three, six one, six three, four three. All of these games getting to at least uh, seven goals. So uh, I like over six and a half. Um, I, I'm, I'm staying away from most things Buffalo, uh, even though I do think they'll score. I also think Philly could score tonight because old man Anderson uh, is going to be in between the pipes tonight. The Buffalo Sabres in this game. And, you know, he's been solid, but I, I, I think Uko Pekalukanen's, you know, level of play is going up and getting better. And Anderson, even though he's like 2.61 goals against 923 save percentage, pretty good numbers. And look, uh, again, he lost his last start against Ottawa, but he only gave up two goals. He really has been solid. But, you know, I do think Philly can find the back of the net. Philly has been able to get things done offensively of late. Like I said, before the loss to Toronto last night, this is a team that scored four or more goals in four straight games. So uh, over six and a half here. Uh, in this one for me with the uh, Flyers and the Sabres. It's just the number one look. As far as the prop market goes uh, in this one, it's probably not a bad game to look at some props. Uh, Tage Thompson is just uh, automatic every night. I think Dylan Cousins, uh, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye, too, on, uh, you know, he's starting to actually percolate a little bit offensively. Tyson Jost, who they just picked up uh, in during the uh, season here. It's a guy that's been with the Colorado organization and then Minnesota for a bit after that. Now he's here with the uh, Sabres. He's gotten a goal and two points in the last two games. A little bit more ice time, a little bump in ice time now because I think Don Granado sees him making more of an impact. So there's definitely some options there from a prop standpoint on Jost if you're looking for a little more value. Uh, Flyer-wise, uh, Tippett and uh, uh, you know Tippett and Farabee and Lawton and Cates 
have been stepping up lately uh, for the uh, Flyers. Konechny's been great all year, but I'm just talking about the ones that have really been more noticeable during this little run that the Flyers have put together where they've started to score some more goals. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that for sure, uh, that um, uh, those Flyer players, you could definitely go in a bunch of different directions for them because they're definitely an offense that scores by committee. All right, we've got Seattle and Montreal next up here. Uh, Seattle minus 190 road favorites, six the total. Uh, in this game, uh, you pretty much know what we what I'm going to like uh, by now uh, in this game. If you've been watching the Ice Guys show uh, during the last uh, couple of weeks, one thing that I have just been constantly hammering is the opponent team total over for Montreal Canadiens games. And Montreal just continues to have trouble defensively with this Laval Rocket blue line that they have to f- put out there every single night. And just continues to be a team that just can't keep the puck out of their own net with Matheson still on IR and Gooley on IR. And, you know, maybe in time, these guys are going to improve a little bit. Uh, but again, with other than Joel Edmondson, David Savard's a veteran, but I don't think he's playing anywhere close to as well as he did in his Columbus days. And then you've got a bunch of youngsters, as I've mentioned time and time again, Jordan Harris, Johnny Kovacevic, Arbor Jacki, Chris Weidman. These guys are playing minutes that they're not re- ready for. They're not uh, comfortable with them. They have to play more uh, responsibility and more situations and more ice time. And the result has been dreadful defense from the Montreal blue line since the Christmas break. You trace it all the way back to December 28th, right after the Christmas break, Tampa scores four, Florida scores seven, Washington scores nine, Nashville scores six, Rangers score four, St. Louis scores four uh, against this Montreal blue line. Uh, so it's definitely a team that just cannot seem to keep the puck out of their own net. Uh, right now and uh, going back to the well with it. And that's the beauty of Saturday. Montreal actually wins that hockey game five to four. And yet I still sweep with St. Louis team total over and the full game over St. Louis loses the game, but the team total over uh, on the blues still ends up cashing. And that's the beauty of the team total bet. You can eliminate the worry about the team winning the hockey game and just focus on them putting the puck in the net and teams have been doing that with regularity against Montreal. So it's not only that Montreal has been giving up goals lately, it's that the Seattle offense has suddenly exploded in the last four games, especially on this road trip, which started in Edmonton uh, last week. They scored five in a five, two win against the Oilers on the road. And then they started the East portion, East coast portion of this road trip in Toronto with a five to one win. They just absolutely bludgeoned the Ottawa Senators uh, eight to four uh, on Saturday night. Their offense is absolutely percolating right now. Uh, they've had no trouble scoring goals. In fact, they've been a better offensive team on the road than at home uh, all season long. They've been a better team on the road, period, uh, than at home uh, this season, Seattle. So uh, to me, definitely the favorite bet here is Seattle. A team total over, still at a pretty good price, uh, if you ask me with that. Uh, here in this game as they continue uh, this uh, road trip. Sam Montembeau, Martin Jones are going to be the goalies, by the way, tonight uh, for this game. And again, that team total for the Kraken, it's minus 128 at Pinnacle. So Seattle team total over three and a half, minus 128 uh, at Pinnacle. It's a you know another great number and great price, in my opinion, uh, going into this uh, card tonight for the uh, Seattle Kraken. I think I might sprinkle a little on the full game over as well. I definitely kind of like the other night with the Blues and the Canadians. I like the team total a little bit more for the opponent of the Montreal Canadiens. St. Louis it was on Saturday. Seattle tonight, that's the stronger stance for me in the game, but I think I'll probably put a little bit on over six as well because I do think Montreal can find the back of the net. And one thing about the Canadians is, yeah, they only scored one against the uh, 
Rangers and three against uh, Nashville, two against Washington, two against Florida, one against Tampa on that road trip they just completed. But they're back home now. A lot of these young kids, they're just a little more aggressive, a little more assertive. They play a little with a little more le- higher level of comfort on home ice compared to on the road, especially when you're a young player. That's the case. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see Montreal put some goals in tonight past Martin Jones. And maybe a Seattle team that now that they're on the back end of this East Coast swing, that maybe their defense wears down a little bit. You know, you, the, the travels kind of hurt, you know, hurts them a little bit. You make more blunders on the ice when that's the case a lot of the time. So I think Montreal can find the back of the net a couple times too. So for that reason, I'll go with over six for the full game total as well uh, in this one. Prop-wise, some very interesting options here. Josh Anderson is really starting to uh, get his offensive game going for the Canadians. Three goals in the last six games. I mean, Caulfield is just on fire. Goes without saying for the Montreal Canadiens. You just don't get the value anymore with him. But, I mean, what can you say? Four goals and four points in the last four games. And that's just uh, a tip of the iceberg to a 23-goal, nine-assist season so far uh, for Cole Caulfield. He's been absolutely tremendous uh, here for the uh, Canadians as of uh, right now. It's been a great year for him. He continues to get better. Uh, as far as, uh, by the way, moving up the line, uh, keep an eye on Yoel Armia. This guy couldn't find the back of the net for ages, and suddenly he has three goals and three points in the last two games for the Montreal Canadiens. So, you know, if you want to ride the hot hand, someone that couldn't put a puck in the ocean for two months, two-plus months, and all of a sudden you've got uh, Yoel Armia starting to feel it for Montreal uh, Seattle, Alex Wenberg is still just, you know, one of my favorite props to go with right now. Four points, two goals in the last three games, and he's been very solid all season for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, Maddie Beneers continues to produce as well for this team. Uh, you saw Burakovsky get three points, a goal, and two assists against Ottawa. Uh, Maddie Beneers with goals in three straight games, five points in the last three games. Uh, Jared McCann with uh, goals in three straight games as well for the Kraken and uh, five points in the last four games for them. So this is one of those spread the wealth games if you're betting player props for the Seattle side because there is not just one player feeling it for them right now. Many players are feeling their oats offensively for the uh, Seattle Kraken right now. So definitely one of those games where if you're betting player props, sprinkle, 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 pepper the board. Not hammer the board. Make sure you keep all your bets small because there's still some degree of randomness with player props. There's going to be some nights where there's tons of chances for a particular player and the puck doesn't go in. Puck lock's not on their side. Goalie makes some huge saves, hit the post, that kind of thing. But still, this is definitely one of those nights where if you're betting player props, sprinkle around, share the wealth because you don't want to isolate it to one player on a team where they're getting contributions from multiple players across the lineup right now. Daniel Sprong, too. Yep, no doubt. Daniel Sprong, who's always capable, by the way, uh, of finding the back of the net. And he gets power play two ice time, even though he's a bottom six forward. Sprong with uh, five points in the last five games and two goals during that span as well uh, for the Kraken, who are just rolling offensively right now. Again, a whopping, uh, I'm just counting it up here, yeah, whopping 18 goals in the last three road games uh, for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, going into tonight. All right, before we get to the last two games on tonight's short Monday NHL card, we'll hear from our first sponsor, Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, 
Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. If you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys show, and we have two games still to go here for this Monday uh, NHL slate. We go to Canada's nation's capital uh, next. It is, it is Nashville taking on Ottawa. Uh, we've got uh, pretty much Ottawa here in the minus 120 uh, range as slight home favorites. Uh, the total in this one, uh, six across the board. Uh, this is the game tonight that I don't have a strong feel on right now. Uh, we've talked about how, uh, because I feel this is an Ottawa spot, okay? You got embarrassed on home ice by Seattle, the aforementioned crack in 8-4 uh, on Saturday night. You're supposed to bounce back. You're supposed to bring an effort. You're supposed to bring intensity. You're supposed to want to make amends for that. And that certainly looks like a, a bet on spot. I might look at an Ottawa first period here uh, in this one. I am tempted by that because I, I don't know if I feel, I don't like taking the inferior team all the time to win the game if I feel they're the inferior team, even if they're going to bring that intensity and the effort off a debacle, which the Ottawa senators most certainly should after what happened on Saturday night. But, and that's why I feel better about a first period look toward Ottawa uh, at minus minus one fifteen uh, with the uh, first period money line. I might go with that rather than the full game. I do think you'll get a strong first 20 minutes for Ottawa. That was obviously ugly, for the Senators, and it got ugly in a hurry. Uh, down 3-1 after that first period. Uh, DJ Smith talking about how you just can't you know, spot a team that kind of lead uh, in the opening period, especially a good team, a good road team like Seattle, and expect to win that game. Uh, definitely, um, I think they'll have a strong start. So I'm definitely I'm going put to put something small, at least on Ottawa, minus 115 in the first period. But, you know, I still like the way Nashville's playing right now for the last five, and you could easily see them, you know, uh, maybe start slow, but still come back, get stronger, and find a way to win. I will say this. Be careful about buying too much into the last two victories in particular for the Nashville Predators against Carolina and Washington because they got outshot 99-46 to 46 in those two games combined. So they got more than doubled up in terms of the shots on goal count in both of those games combined the two victories, the two upset victories they had uh, against uh, Carolina uh, last week on the uh, Thursday and then on Friday night, back-to-back -back on the road in Washington. They win 3-2, but again, didn't necessarily carry the play uh, in either of those games. They certainly didn't uh, against uh, Carolina. Uh, and even against Washington, the play level of the, uh, the play was a little more even uh, when they played the Capitals, but still. Washington was probably carrying uh, the offensive zone time possession, uh, all that a little bit more than Nashville, but Hey, they had great goaltending in both games. And oftentimes great goaltending is what you need in this league. And UC Saros had one of the absolute best single game performances of any goaltender this season in the win against Carolina. And then Kevin Lankinen comes in and he looks pretty damn good and it plays pretty well uh, against Washington uh, on the very next night. But 
so be careful with, you know, yeah, they've won three in a row. Two of those, though, they needed just exemplary goaltending and got heavily outplayed in those two games. But we'll see how this one goes. This has actually been an under series history with Nashville and Ottawa. Now, you know, I don't love betting a ton of unders. Everybody knows that by now. But if there, if you ever wanted to make a case on the card for an under tonight, this might be that game because you would think Ottawa is going to try to clean things up. You would think both of their goaltenders are very, very um, ashamed, disappointed uh, with their efforts in net in the last game against Seattle. Uh, you would think Cam Talbot is going to be the goaltender, and we were led to believe that after the morning skate. But it looks like DJ Smith is well playing coy and just not trying to you know show his hand. But I would expect it to be Talbot uh, in net. Uh, most goalie uh, goal, goalie sites have him as the likely starter. So assuming it's Soros and Talbot, uh, your goaltending matchup here. Uh, in this game. Soros definitely has been confirmed for the uh, Predators, but if anything here, I'll have a small play on Ottawa first period money line. I actually lean under from a totals perspective, uh, but that's about it. And I would maybe look at props uh, other than that. And the props that I would mention here uh, for the, uh, let's start with the Predators. Uh, There's been some uh, better play lately from Cody Glass, two goals in the last three games for him. He might be a little undervalued right now. How about my guy, Thomas Novak, who I've talked about multiple times here on the Ice Guys show lately, since he's been promoted to the top line and been up with the big club here with the Nashville Predators. Look what he's been able to do. Just in the last five games alone, Thomas Novak has three goals and four points for the uh, Nashville Predators. So uh, definitely a couple props there in terms of undervalued props undervalued players uh you know uh, with uh, Cody Glass and with uh, Thomas Novak right now uh for the uh Nashville Predators on the Ottawa side it's Timmy Stutzla clearly i mean Timmy Stutzla's just been a uh, man possessed lately for the uh, Ottawa Senators you know it's never a, sh- a bad idea to look toward Debrinket Bathurst and Pinto like i said that second line for the Senators has been very capable uh, this year for them um but if you're going to bet someone for Ottawa right now in terms of who's got it going the most. It's no question Tim Stutzla for them right now. The last six games, he has a whopping eight goals for the Ottawa Senators. This is just in the last six games. Eight goals for him and a whopping uh, 11 points. So there you go. Eight goals and 11 points for Tim Stutzla here in the last six games for the uh, Ottawa Senators. So talk about someone that has just got the uh, Red hot, um, you know, the red hot uh, off uh, the red hot streak going offensively. That without a doubt is Tim Stutzla. So, uh, a couple props I like, even though I kind of think this could be lower scoring. Nashville, you know, kind of wants to tighten it up. I certainly would think Ottawa wants to. And again, four and zero to the under in the last four head to head meetings between Nashville and Ottawa as well. All right, the final game of this uh, short Monday slate. It is the Edmonton Oilers taking on the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Uh, we've got pretty much even money here, both sides, minus 110, pretty much, you know, near that pick em range. Uh, and the total right now in this game sitting at uh, six and a half, uh, shaded to the over uh, in this game. Uh, very, very uh, frustrated with, not that I'd bet Edmonton on Saturday night against Colorado. It, I don't I, I don't have any beefs with betting Edmonton. I thought it was a great spot. Colorado was struggling uh, going into that game. The Oilers had playoff revenge on their minds. But the reason I liked Edmonton was I thought they'd play like a team 
that wanted a piece, wanted a pound of flesh from the Colorado Avalanche. You know, the team that swept your ass in the Western Conference final decisively. You would think in a spot like that, you'd get Edmonton saying, hey, we're coming to play here. And don't be fooled for one second by two to nothing Edmonton after the second period Saturday night against Colorado. Don't be fooled by that. That was all Edmonton just that that was Edmonton only getting on the power play, making the most of their opportunities, taking advantage of some lack of discipline from Colorado, getting exceptional goaltending at even strength from Stuart Skinner in that game at five on five. And at even strength in that game against Colorado, they were dominated. All right. I watched that game. They were absolutely dominated by the Colorado Avalanche. In fact, if not for Skinner and not and if not for some goalposts and crossbars and near misses that, you know, Rantanen had and McCarr had, McKinnon, uh, Rodriguez, many of these Colorado players, if not for near misses multiple times. Throughout the first two periods of that game, it wouldn't have even been close to 2 nothing Edmonton. And probably Edmonton got what they deserved, you know, at the end of the night. Because then Colorado pushed even harder going into the third period down 2 nothing. They got that early goal, and then they tied it up 2-2, and they were swarming Edmonton. Uh, and, uh, of course, they put it away with the Kale McCarr goal in overtime. And, you know, sometimes when you're Colorado, you know, and if you're McKinnon and McCarr, two spectacular highlight reel goals they had to come back and beat Edmonton, sometimes you need a spectacular thing or two to happen to pull yourself out of the doldrums. So we'll see if Colorado gets a little bump from that. But as far as Edmonton is concerned, you know, again, protecting leads is still an issue. They relied way too much on their goaltender. I mean, completely, they didn't have the puck uh, enough at five on five uh, against Colorado uh, Saturday night. Outshot 46 to 30. You know, they got to improve. I mean, they they, they beat an Islanders team uh, 4-2 after the team meeting, and then they dropped the very next game after that. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, look, um, this is another game where we have Edmonton coming off an under, and we've talked about this trend quite a bit. Uh, all well, not so much all season, but recently, we have looked on this trend as something favorable for an over. Uh, when Edmonton is coming off an under uh, in their last game, it's now what eleven and two uh, to the over in thirteen games for the Edmonton Oilers this season. When their previous game stays under the total, so again, when their previous game stays under the total, Edmonton has gone eleven and two to the over in the very next game. So that is what we're looking at here uh, with the uh, Kings and the Oilers. Now, they have had two unders in a row, Edmonton. So, again, in that Colorado game, it's finally the first time in eons that we've seen uh, only one other time this year if we had two straight Edmonton games stay under the total. I don't know if it's going to stay that way here. The last meeting between these two teams, Edmonton, L.A., back in November, was in Edmonton. L.A. ended up winning 3-1. to one. They did about as clinical a defensive job on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl as you could possibly do, as you could possibly have. They were uh, outstanding that night. I still remember that game. I mean, they clogged up the neutral zone. They took away time and space. There was no uh, flow through the neutral zone whatsoever uh, for the Edmonton Oilers uh, in that game. Uh, and uh, L.A. was terrific, you know, in terms of defending the Oilers. But now you got the Oilers off a shoddy effort at five on five anyway. It was a shoddy effort against Colorado because they didn't have the puck pretty much the whole fucking night, you know, when it was even strength 
uh, which is just ridiculous considering this is a team that beat you in the playoffs and swept you, and you don't have a better effort at five-on-five even strength than that. Uh, but we'll see if Edmonton corrects it here tonight. L.A. coming off just a, a very, very impressive road win against Vegas, 5-1. to one. What was impressive about that, they hold Vegas to 20 shots with Jack Eichel back, with Jonathan Marchessault also returning to the lineup. Marchessault was the only guy that scored for Vegas uh, in that game against the L.A. Kings. Uh, played a great game. And Phoenix Copley, give him credit. Remember we said after losing to Boston, oh, is the now things about to go the other way for Phoenix Copley, who's been a remarkable story this season for the L.A. Kings, the way he's played in net. You know, he's given them confidence. He's the best goalie they have right now because Jonathan Quick has struggled. Cal Peterson, you know, has had a rough season, and then he was put on waivers uh, by the Kings. So Copley now uh, is likely going to make his fourth straight start here. He's 8-1 and one in his last nine starts. He's 10-2 and two overall. Uh, in net for the Kings this year, 2.52 goals against average, 904 save percentage. Uh, let's see how he fares here in this one. I do want to keep in mind, though, with Copley, there is one thing that's worth pointing out here. Uh, a lot of good starts, but there were some good starts against your Anaheims and your San Jose's of the world. He did give up four goals against Boston in a recent start. That's one of the few that he lost last week. And then he also gave up four goals against Colorado. In a game, the Kings did win that game 5-4 uh, in a shootout. But Copley here is now facing probably a team with as much, if not more, firepower offensively than he's seen in some time. So, again, not saying he was going to fall on his face tonight. He's played extremely well, and they've played pretty good hockey defensively in front of him lately. It's That's been part of the story, too. But it wouldn't surprise me if Edmonton does dent the twine a little bit tonight against Kings against the Kings and Phoenix Copley, even though he's been very good. And I do think L.A. can find the back of the net here against uh, Edmonton because, let's be honest, Colorado could have six or seven goals Saturday night against Edmonton. Uh, we'll see if they go back to Skinner here. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, is you know Jay Woodcroft thinking of Jack Campbell and maybe giving him a start against his former team? Let's keep that in mind. Former member of the L.A. Kings organization was Jack Campbell before his time in Toronto. You know, that's uh, where he was for a couple of years, backing up Jonathan Quick. So, you know, it wouldn't totally shock me if Jack Campbell does get the start here. But again, we have no confirmation of that yet. It, it to me, should still be Skinner because, look, he's the only reason you got a point. He's the only reason you got uh, that game to overtime Saturday night against Colorado. He probably should start here. But again, hasn't been confirmed. And just gut feel for me has me kind of thinking it wouldn't totally be a surprise if Jack Campbell against his old team gets the start here tonight uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. But I'm going to go with over six and a half. I'm going to ride that angle 11 and two uh, to the over in 13 Edmonton games this year when their previous game has stayed under the total. So I'm going to go with over six and a half. I don't have a strong feel for the side. I don't. I don't. Um, again, L.A., you know, as I, I would think at home against the Edmonton Oilers, they're always going to be up for these kind of games. You know, Edmonton knocked them out in the playoffs last year uh, in the first round in that seven-game series. Now, they already beat Edmonton once earlier this year, so they played once. They got their quote-unquote playoff revenge, if you will. But, no, I like the way L.A. is playing right now. Uh, they're only minus 110 at home. Uh, I think they've been a little bit undervalued for some time. Look, they're 7-3 and three in their last uh, 10 games. They had a home win against Calgary. They beat Vegas at home. You know, they beat they, they gave Boston a tough game. You know, remember that game was 2 2 going into the third period. They beat Dallas at home, very good Dallas Stars team. You know, the Kings are playing some solid hockey here, and I'm reluctant to go against them when they're only minus 110 at home. 
So I lean Kings. I'm going to be off the side, though. I, I don't like the idea of going against this Oilers team off a bad performance at 5-on-5 five five the other night uh, going into this game. I'll probably just stick to the total, and I'll look at props for sure because I think we'll see some opportunity for some offense here. I've been snake bit with the guy that's been on that top line for Edmonton the last few games. Clem Costin has played with McDavid and Yamamoto. He's had a bunch of chances. Hopefully in one of these times the puck's going to go in for him, but uh, I definitely think he might be worth a look one more time tonight. Nugent Hopkins has been great. Hyman's been excellent. Uh, Hyman was tr- just uh, the best forward by far for Edmonton against Colorado uh, on Saturday night, so they've been very good. But Clem Costin, I'm going to take a shot with him once again as far as the LA Kings go uh, it's been slow returns for Quinton Byfield on the top line with Kempe and Kopitar I mean he's got no points in the first two games since he's been up there but I got to stick with it you know he's playing with good players he's going to have opportunities he's going to get minutes you don't just bail on the kid just after two games without a point on the top line playing with Kopitar and Kempe uh, I've talked about uh, Alex Iafalo. Uh, for a bit, how he's heated up. He's gone with four goals for the uh, LA Kings uh, in the last uh, eight games, and he's got a uh, pretty good eight points in the last eight games as well for the uh, Kings. Fiala uh, has been uh, starting to uh, get on one of his hot streaks. Like I said, a very streaky player, you know, hot streak, cold streak, and now maybe a hot streak again after the hat trick that he had in Vegas Golden Knights. So there's a couple of prop options that I like there that I just mentioned, uh, and I'd like uh, over six and a half here. Again, 11-2 and two angle with this Edmonton team off and under. That is the premise behind uh, looking toward uh, over six and a half here with the Oilers and the Kings. All right, there you go. That's the Monday card. Appreciate everyone joining us live on YouTube. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. And those of you listening on the podcast version of the show, we thank you as well. Check out patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month, power ratings, goalie rankings, uh, totals charts, goalie charts, uh, and plenty more bonus content coming up in the new year. We're going to have some guests in the next week, uh, next few weeks, next few months as well. And whenever we have, you know, a guest, someone that's played the game, we'll try to get some bonus video content that outside of their live show appearance. So that will be available exclusively to Patreon members as well. So again, just $10 a month. Uh, very, very uh, reasonable, patreon.com uh, slash ice guys. All right, we will wrap things up with best bets uh, right after we hear from our other great sponsors here on the Ice Guys Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Ice guys, that's promo code Ice guys, all one word, I C E G U Y S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code Ice guys. You get the performance package 4.0, it is a game changer. The lawnmower 4.0, it takes care of this, among other things. Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular 
you know, I'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue. This will take care of it. It feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes. It pisses the hell out of me. It bothers me. I need to take care of that shit. This will take care of it for you. The Weed Whacker uh, makes uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys show. Uh, it is time for best bets. Oh, um, the reason why we don't recap the plays, uh, let's be honest, we do it for business reasons, for fiscal reasons, if you will. We post the daily card of my plays, Alex's plays, both of us, and days when Alex is not on the show, uh, we try to get his card and we post it on the Patreon page. So we do it, you know, with selfish reasons. We don't give a recap uh, of all the plays at the end of the show. We want you to subscribe to the Patreon page. It's $10 a month. It's got great features, great bonus content, video content, totals charts, goalie charts, power ratings, all that good shit. It's got the daily Ice Guys show betting card there. So that's the reason we typically don't recap all our plays at the end of the show so you can uh, check them all out at the patreon page and plus another reason we don't is because i don't have my whole card finalized on many days right now at 3 p.m eastern time when the show ends i add plays right before puck drop based on lineups based on uh, uh based on uh, goalie confirmations all that i'll always add usually a, a, a bet or two uh, most days like at 6 p.m eastern 6 30 p.m eastern right before a puck drop of these games. So that's that's the reason I th- figured I'd explain that. It's a good question. You know, why don't we recap what we like at the end of the show other than just give out best bets? That's the reason. A, we want you to subscribe to the Patreon page. It's just $10 a month. And number two, and B is, again, I add plays at the end of, you know, closer to the puck drop. If I get injury information, player personnel information, goalie information, whatever the case may be, late-breaking info regarding personnel situations, and I will add maybe a bet or two that I was on the fence about. Uh, until I got the uh, info I was looking for and the player lineup info I was looking for to pull the trigger. So a good question, though. Uh, Absolutely. All right. Best bets to wrap up the uh, Monday show. Uh, You know, a tough weekend with the best bets. Gosh, Edmonton blew it for me uh, on Saturday. uh, And then yesterday, no, not even close with the Wild and the Blues over. Probably should have had the guts to take the Blues because I did like them here. They're in an upset, but... Nevertheless, best bet today. This one I do like quite so the clear best bet for me on this show for sure. It's Seattle Kraken team total uh, over three and a half minus 128. I think they get to four goals. They've scored 18 in the last three road games. Uh, they're on fire offensively. Veneers, Burakovsky, McCann. Uh, they're getting Sprong. They're getting other players down the lineup chipping in as well uh, right now. For Wenberg's been excellent. Uh, Montreal, every game since the Christmas break, the Montreal Canadiens have given up at least four goals to their opponent, and all we need is four out of the Seattle Kraken tonight. I think they get it. Seattle, team total, over three and a half. 
for my best bet for this Monday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, Download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. (laughs) 